0: Laudator Jesus Christus. Vatican and World News.
1: Today, Thursday, February 15th, is the feast of Saint Onesimus, the disciple of Saint Paul. And these are today's headlines. Israeli forces have launched a raid on a hospital in Khan Yunus in the Gaza Strip. The UN's refugee agency calls for civilians to be protected in the Democratic Republic of Congo, and Pope Francis invites the Diaconia of Beauty Association to be cantors of harmony. In the Vatican, I'm Christopher Wells. Our top story today, Israeli forces have stormed the Nasir Hospital in Khan Yunis in the Gaza Strip. With the latest from the war between Israel and Hamas, here's Nathan Morley.
0: According to reports, Israeli troops ordered medics to move all patients into an older part of the hospital. The facility, which has been under siege for 25 days, hosts 300 doctors and nurses, over 400 patients and thousands of displaced people. The Israeli Defence Forces said the army was conducting a precise and limited operation to locate and return the bodies of hostages. Daniel Hagari, an IDF spokesman, said the operation was based on credible intelligence from a number of sources.
2: There may be bodies of our hostages in the Nasser Hospital facility, as was proven with the Shifa Hospital, Rantisi Hospital, El Amal Hospital, and many other hospitals across Gaza. Hamas systematically uses hospitals as terror hubs, according to intelligence assessments and information we gathered on the ground. Over 85% of major medical facilities in Gaza have been used by Hamas for terror operations.
0: Meanwhile, the World Health Organization has warned of a catastrophe if Israel launches a ground assault in Rafah, a city in the southern Gaza Strip. Speaking to a press briefing from Rafah, Richard Peppercorn, the WHO representative, Representative in the Palestinian territory said 1.5 million people are crammed into the city with nowhere safe to go, sparking a new wave of displacement and additional injuries. At the same time, the International Committee of the Red Cross said there was a lack of food, drinking water, sanitation, healthcare, and safety in Rafah. The health agency called for sustained humanitarian corridors to continue providing vital aid, even if an immediate ceasefire is not reached. Elsewhere, five people were killed and six others hurt in two Israeli airstrikes on Lebanon's southern border region. The Lebanon-Israel border has been witnessing increased friction since the Gaza conflict erupted late last year. For Vatican Radio, this is Nathan Morley reporting.
1: the humanitarian arm of the Catholic Bishops' Conference of England and Wales is among 22 humanitarian agencies that have co-signed a letter to British Prime Minister Rishi Sunak, asking him to pressure Israel into agreeing to a ceasefire for Gaza. Janet Symes, Kafad's head of region for Asia and the Middle East, Told Vatican Radio she believes an immediate ceasefire is the only way to prevent further loss of civilian lives, secure the release of hostages and the entry of life-saving humanitarian aid.
2: We've written to the Prime Minister because we've got to the point where we feel it's absolutely essential That the UK government and other governments across the world are doing everything they possibly can to bring about a ceasefire immediately in Gaza. The situation in Gaza is desperate. It has been desperate for a long time, but the potential for intensive bombardment and then potentially a ground invasion into the Rafah area is extremely alarming to us as humanitarian agencies. So what are you asking the PM to do? We're asking the PM to take immediate action to increase the pressure that the UK is putting to shift their positioning. At the moment, they are talking in terms of a ceasefire, but it is something that they're not talking about as needing to be immediate. From our point of view, we need to start with the cessation of hostilities and then that creates the opportunity for negotiating and creating the opportunity for additional humanitarian assistance to be able to come in into Gaza. It also will create the opportunities for the release of hostages, as we saw at the weekend with the release of two hostages, which was fantastic news obviously for them and their families, but it led to the deaths of over sixty Palestinians, so releasing the hostages is is critical and important, but it needs to be done through a negotiated process and at the same time to be able to protect the Palestinian civilians.
1: That was Janet Symes, CAFOD's Head of Region for Asia and the Middle East, speaking with Vatican Radio's Linda Bordoni. Following the recent upsurge of violence between the Congolese army and the M23 rebel group in the eastern Congolese province of North Kivu, the UN Refugee Agency, UNHCR, has called for the protection of civilians caught in the crossfire and for safe access for humanitarian aid. Insecurity in Congo's eastern provinces, already plagued by decades of militia violence, has reached a new high since the Rwanda-backed M23 launched an offensive in 2022, with the Congolese army and the United Nations peacekeepers of MONUSCO struggling to contain its advance. Lisa Zengarini tells us more.
3: Clashes between the M23 rebels, army forces and self-defence groups have further escalated in the past weeks, forcing entire communities to flee to safer areas. Last week, M23 fighters reportedly surrounded the strategic town of Saké on the northern banks of Lake Kivu, a crucial step before reaching Goma. According to the United Nations Refugee Agency, UNHCR, an estimated 135,000 people from the town are moving towards the provincial capital the agency further said that it received reports of bombs falling on civilian areas in Sake and goma where an estimated sixty five thousand internally displaced persons are sheltering raising significant concerns for their safety Chansa Kapaya, the UNHR regional coordinator for the DRC refugee situation, described the humanitarian crisis as tragic, urging all parties to protect civilians, respect humanitarian law and establish safe corridors for aid. The violence continues to restrict access to isolated populations, compounding the challenges faced by humanitarian agencies in delivering essential assistance with few viable options for safe passage from goma the growing displaced communities in the city are facing rapidly deteriorating conditions the un agency emphasized the imperative to safeguard the lives and well-being of civilians and of those driven from their homes it also called for an immediate stop to the fighting and for urgent negotiations to solve the conflict The fighting and displacement come against the backdrop of a devastating cholera outbreak and massive floods that wreaked havoc across the country in January. I am Lisa Zengarini.
1: And here in the Vatican, Pope Francis welcomed members of the Diaconia of Beauty Association at an audience on Thursday, inviting them to continue to help people dream of a different, beautiful world and aspire to a life of fullness. The French group was founded in 2012 to foster dialogue between the Church and artists of all kinds, including painters,
4: sculptors, musicians, poets, and more. Joseph Tulloch has this report. In his address to Diakonia members, the Holy Father reflected on the group's event-oriented focus, aimed at helping artists to re-establish a fruitful dialogue with the Church through meetings, concerts, performances and similar events. The Pope went on to speak about the spiritual dimension of their work, highlighting their vocation of helping artists to create a bridge between heaven and earth. He explained, You want to awaken in them the search for the truth because beauty invites us to a different way of being in the world. Pope Francis praised the group for their fruitful apostolate, marked by the establishment of artist residencies throughout the world. Your challenge, he said, is to bring out the beauty that is hidden in artists, whose lives are often marked by loneliness and suffering, so that they, in turn, can become apostles of this beauty that generates life, hope and a thirst for happiness between different peoples, cultures and religions. In the context of a world marred by violence of all kinds, he said, we need men and women capable of making us dream of a different, beautiful world. At the same time, the Pope highlighted the urgent need to recreate harmony between humanity and the environment, insisting that art is a very powerful medium to convey the message of nature's beauty. The culture of beauty constantly sets us in motion, Pope Francis said in conclusion. Encountering God's beauty allows us to start again, to begin again, on the journey toward more humane and fraternal societies. I'm Joseph Toluk.
1: Also on Thursday, the Vatican revealed Pope Francis' theme for the 2024 World Day for Grandparents and Elderly. The day is celebrated each year on the fourth Sunday of July. This year, Pope Francis is inviting Christians to focus on loneliness with the theme, Do Not Cast Me Off in My Old Age. Devin Watkins tells us more.
5: On Sunday, July 28th, Catholics around the world will be invited to take time to reflect on the great heritage and wisdom passed on by their grandparents and the elderly. In preparation for the Fourth World Day for Grandparents and the Elderly, the Dicastery for Laity, Family, and Life released the theme on Thursday for the 2024 iteration. The Pope has chosen the theme, Do Not Cast Me Off in My Old Age. According to a press release from the dicastery, it is meant to call attention to the fact that loneliness is the bitter lot in life of many elderly persons, so often the victims of our throwaway culture. In his message, Pope Francis will draw on the verse from Psalm 71 that depicts the plea of an elderly person who reflects on the story of their friendship with God. By cherishing the charisms of grandparents and the elderly and the contribution they make to the life of the Church, reads the statement, the World Day seeks to support the efforts of every ecclesial community to forge bonds between the generations and to combat loneliness. Cardinal Kevin Farrell, Prefect of the Dicastery for Laity, Family and Life, expressed his gratitude to the Pope for highlighting the loneliness endured by many elderly people. Faced with this reality, he said, families in the ecclesial community are called to be at the forefront in promoting a culture of encounter, to create spaces for sharing and listening, and to offer support and affection. This, he added, is how the love of the gospel becomes concrete. Loneliness, admitted the Cardinal Prefect, is an unavoidable condition of human life, as well as an invitation to turn to God the Father for comfort. As Christians, said Cardinal Farrell, the World Day dedicated to grandparents and the elderly calls us to put aside our throwaway culture and show tenderness and affectionate attention to the most fragile members of our communities. The 2024 World Day for Grandparents and the Elderly takes place in the year of prayer, which Pope Francis has called to help Catholics prepare for the 2025 Jubilee. The Pope established the World Day in 2021 to take place on the fourth Sunday of July near the liturgical feast of Saints Joachim and Anne, the grandparents of Jesus. I'm Devin Watkins.
1: And finally, today, for the first time, the Catholic Church will observe the liturgical commemoration of the 21 Coptic martyrs of Libya, whose inclusion in the Roman martyrology was announced by Pope Francis last year. Mark the occasion, an ecumenical prayer service is being held this evening in St. Peter's Basilica in the Vatican. It will be presided over by His Eminence, Cardinal Kurt Koch, with a Coptic choir participating. And that brings us just about to the end of this edition of Vatican and World News. For more on these and other stories, we invite you to visit our Vatican News web portal at www.vaticannews.va, as well as our Facebook, X, and Instagram accounts. Many thanks this afternoon go to our producers and sound engineers in studio in the Vatican. I'm Christopher Wells.